welcome to the Fallible Fems. I'm Andrea. And I am Mindy. And coming in the second week of January, we are going to be talking about why resolutions do not work. So we did some research and found a few articles that just kind of talk about it more because for me, I am very curious because in my 30 plus years of life, I've set many resolutions um, for the beginning of the year. And I will be honest, I don't know if I've successfully done a single resolution. So talk about fallibility. I am right there with you and, you know, kind of throw back to when we were talking about diet culture how like those diets, certain diets are kind of set up to fail. I think as maybe like the human population, the human condition is that we expect ourselves to fail. I know that's an overgeneralization, but we set ourselves up for failure. We don't set ourselves up for success. And I think sometimes it's all how we approach something or how we even label and word something. So I think it's kind of important to kind of distinguish between you know resolutions and all another way of looking at it so yeah let's just let's just hop right in so the first one that I found when I just googled why resolutions do not work was from Forbes and after I was looking into it I was like oh it's not that long ago but it's been over two years from January of 2020. And I was like, oh, that's last year. Nope. That's been two years ago. So yeah. But basically it was like reasons why we don't achieve resolutions. And I just kind of pinpointed out what the main topics were. And it's it's very like right on cue. So I'm just going to go down the list. Like for the first one is we fail to pick realistic goals. So basically we might have a goal, like we're going to lose weight but it's not a specific goal. Like, how are we going to lose that weight? You know, I'm going to cut out sugar. That's a little bit more attainable because it's a smaller goal. It's not like I'm going to lose hundred pounds. I'm going to cut out sugar. So it's making a more specific goal and not a broad term of a goal, which makes a lot of sense. It's a little bit more attainable when it's a smaller thing. The other one is we don't plan properly. So for instance, like I'm going to do, um, keto or some type of diet where I'm going to be restrictive, but I have a vacation planned. Well, how am I going to handle that vacation? How am I going to navigate going out to dinner or hanging out with friends? You know, just planning all the aspects of what I might have to battle going on this diet, or maybe it's getting up in the morning and going on a walk. You know, what do I, what do I do if it rains or something like that? We don't make it a habit is another one. So it's very helpful for a resolution to become a habit. So let's say I'm going to make a goal to read so many pages out of a, a book. Well, if I don't make that a habit to where I do it every single day and I'm like, oh, I'll just do it here and there. then it's going to be hard to actually attain that goal. We don't have support. That's another huge one. Right. I think if you're going to start something, tell people, tell everybody about it. So you have people who are like, hey, aren't you doing this? How's it going? You're like, yes, I am. That's great. Because then it makes it 
to be where you have to be more accountable because people are like, weren't you doing this? Why are you doing this instead? So that helps. And then the last one was we fell to track our goals. So back to dieting. I'm just back to that one because that's always a really big big one one that everybody does at the first year. We're going to lose weight. You know, we fail to track our goals. So maybe you um, write down what you're eating or you weigh every so often, like you, you track down kind of your goal, or maybe you're, you have a goal to read so many books a year and maybe you kind of track down like, okay, in order to obtain that amount of books to read, I need to read so many books a week. And so you have like a smaller goal too, and you're tracking it to see kind of how you're going. So I thought that was pretty fascinating just because it's very, very true, especially the first one, like, you know, whenever you're like, oh, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to work out or I'm going to do this or do that. But yet it's, a a blanket statement. It doesn't really like narrow it down. Like, well, how are you going to do that? So that's, that's one big reason why resolutions don't work because it's not attainable. You don't know how you're going to go about commenting on tracking your goals. I know we would like to believe that we have perfect memories, but if we have to rely on our memory of where we are, then I mean, we're just setting ourselves up to just forget something. Even with Oh, Even definitely. if me reading a book, if I don't have a bookmark or dog ear it and have to go back to the sit wait, and be like, wait, where was I? Even though I just read it the night before, because I think we're so used to having bookmarks, having bookmarks, having things saved. I mean, this is kind of a weird throwback, but you know, back in 1990 before cell phones, not 1990, but you know, before the time of cell phones, before yeah, I had a cell phone, exactly. I knew everybody's phone number. I know very few numbers. I mean, like I know my grandmother's phone number back from like the nineties. That was like, everybody knew that number. Um, I knew my old house no number. Old like numbers. I don't, I, I, I know nobody's yeah. number that would help me out right now. I would have to like, for like, like my parents, I'd have to sit there and like really think about like, wait, what is their number? And like, yeah. kind of like dial it to see if it would even come up. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah. So while it would be great to have a perfect memory, we shouldn't default to our memory for things like tracking goals and our tracking progress and things like that, because we don't have to, we don't need to do that. We can use a tool to do that anyways. All right. So here are, I just wanted to mention some statistics about various resolution, various resolutions. Sometimes that's a hard word to say. Uh, these are from <laughs> these are from 2019. Okay, so 7% of the survey uh, that was conducted, this is from uh, the website Discover Happy Habits. So 7% of survey participants stuck to all their resolutions in 2019, while 19% kept some, but not all of their resolutions. That's a crazy low number. It is. Um, one that I found too, it says that 80% of people who make New Year's resolutions have dropped them by the second week of February. Wow. And then it also says that they were able to predict it by like eight, 800 million user log activities on Strava or Strava, however you pronounce it, said that their day that most people are likely to give up by on their New Year's resolutions is January 19th. Strava calls it quitters That's day. Interesting. That's very interesting. I don't know where that comes from, but that is I wonder if it has to do, so people get past the two week mark and then it's like before the third week. That's crazy. January 19th. 
maybe, you know, like we think we're doing great. We get a habit forming and then something happens. Life happens and throws us a curveball. And then we're like, get off track. Is that the point we're like, okay, something happened. I can't keep oh, going. Here's another. So this is a little bit, I know this is, you know, a while ago, but I know regardless of the year, I think it's similar. I can't imagine it changing too drastically as far as the percentages of, you know, people, uh, completing their goals but this is a 2014 study talking about the reasons for failure it says 35 percent of participants who failed their new year's resolution said they had unrealistic goals 33 percent of participants who failed didn't keep track of their progress yep yeah 23 <laughs> percent forgot about their resolutions that would be me like oh yeah I forgot I was doing that oops and you said that earlier I think this weekend you were like oh yeah I was supposed to be drinking a lot of water or something you're like I completely forgot I I totally forgot about that but however I have been reading 10 pages every day of nonfiction. so I've done that that's Uh, great so I'm pretty good about that one oh let's see what it is in January 19th apparently you're good. You still have nine yeah. days. Or You're good. Like that. You're and good. this this last one says about one in 10 people who failed said they made too many resolutions. And I think that is a great, I know that's just about 10, well, one in 10 people, 10%. I'm like, that's interesting because we do that. Like, I'm going to accomplish this, 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 this. And then mm-hmm. we get, I mean, if you have 10 goals, you're not, you're not going to get all of them done in three days. Like, oh. Oh, no, there's no way you're like, nope, done. So something I'm trying to do and I'll keep everybody updated is do something for a couple weeks. Maybe I should do something for 20 days because apparently if I do 19 days is the is the failing point or maybe 21 days, I'll do something. And once I feel like I've created that good habit of me, like me reading nonfiction, then maybe I'll my brain will be like, I'm going to add something in. And I think it's also important to set a time of day to do something. So, though I have not, I think I have done some morning and evening things. So that's kind of been a little bonkers. So I probably need to try to uh, hone in on that time frame of getting those pages read. But I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it. So that's so awesome. We'll see. That's great. How that goes. All right. Moving on. <laughs> so, another one that I found, I used to be all about the whole mm-hmm. 30. I did a couple of them and I've since kind of like, I still think it's a great program, especially to figure out what type of allergies you might have right. to certain foods. So it's a, it's a great way to narrow that down. And it's a great reset tool too. If you're wanting to like start eating a certain way, you know, doing a whole 30 kind of like resets it. So it's, it's a, a great tool, but I still receive emails from Melissa Urban, who is the creator mm-hmm. of whole 30. So she sends out like weekly emails, just talking about certain things. And she sent one out that said why she doesn't do resolutions, but she sets habits. So in her email, she answered like why she doesn't set resolutions. And so I thought it was pretty, pretty interesting. So she says, if I always wait to start a new habit or self-improvement effort on a specific date, the first of the year, the first of the month, or like the next Monday, you're always waiting. And so you have time to kind of talk yourself out of it to be like, oh, well, I'm going to start a diet on Monday, but that's still six, seven, eight days 
between now and then. And so you have time to sit there and be like, oh, hmm, I don't know. I forgot I have this birthday party I'm going to. So that would make it hard. Or, you know, I don't just don't know if I'll be able to do it or different things like that. So you have a lot of opportunity for negotiation to talk yourself out of it. So that is one kind of bad thing. Like it's never not a good time right. to start. Like you can start right now, you know, like if I wanted to, I could start now. So, but we're really bad about being like, I'll start tomorrow or I'll start Monday. So I thought that was interesting. And then, so if you're, you know, waiting between now and then, you know, you give into short-term temptation. Um, it's definitely more rewarding to focus on what's right in front of you instead of waiting for what's coming ahead. So if you're like, oh, well, I'm going to focus on um, eating clean starting on Monday. But in the meantime, I can eat the donut. I can eat the pizza and like all of the quote unquote unhealthy right. foods for you. So, you know, that can definitely kind of spin you off. And then when it, men- Monday comes, you're like, mm, never mind. I think one I'm more good. day. I just so, need one more day. Yeah. And then, you know, when you're starting to think about doing something specific, you have that motivation to do it. And whenever you put it off for another day, you start to lose that motivation. You're like, oh, well, I don't know if I really want to do it anymore because um, I'm not motivated to do it. I lose that. So, and then you start to overthink about how you might fail. Like, there's no way I can, you know, do a whole 30 for 30 days. There's no way I'm going to fail within the first week. So why am I even doing it? So you just talk yourself out of it. So that's why she's thinking resolutions are not good for you because as far as food related or diet related, there's a lot of things that can mess up within that time period of you starting. Makes a lot of sense, but you know, she, go ahead. No, you you finish. Uh, Go ahead. So then another thing that she says too, is like, if you take like an all or nothing approach to something, for instance, if you're like, I'm going to go to the gym every day this week. And one day you wake up and you're like, I can't do it. I'm tired. I'm, you know, have a migraine or started my period or something. And you're like, oh, it's just too much. Then you skip that day and you're like, oh, it's ruined. It's ruined. I'm done. You know, because you create an all or nothing approach to something and you get off track. That's why some diets Mm -hmm. don't work because it's really restrictive. And if you get off, you're like, how do I get back on? Um, How do I start back to where I was? So that's, that's another reason why she's saying resolutions don't work and why she creates habits. Um, It's a two-part email. So I don't know yet why she sets habits. So that'll be on the second email that she sends. So stay tuned. Yes. Stay tuned. We'll bring it up next time. You know, something that, something that I would like to explore, and this is just kind of a thought that I had, and maybe we can get into this, you know, down the road, you know, if we find some good tools and things like that, but having a contingency plan. So, and we've kind of had this conversation. We've, you know, trying to navigate through, well, I know I have a birthday party to go to. What's my contingency plan? Maybe I can't be perfect, but I can be, I guess it's one of those things. Like I don't have to eat the birthday cake. They're going to have sandwiches there. They're going to have this there. I know that I can eat before, or I can just commit to having one tiny slice or I have a, okay, maybe not right now, COVID, but you know, having a friend that can just give you a bite Can I just have one bite of your cake, please. Or something like that. You know, just having a contingency plan. I think that goes back with planning. I mean, just poor planning because, you know, maybe something comes up and it's, you know, it's Thursday and someone's like, Hey, are you free Saturday? you know what, actually, I don't have anything planned. Hey, we're going to go out to do this. And you know, it's just going to be a lot of fried food and stuff. And like, and you could, it's okay to say no to people. 
And it's okay to show up and not, you know, take part in buckets and buckets of fried food. Because if it's your friend, if it's your family that knows that you're on this journey and you're trying to change some habits and you're not going to eat as much fried food as you're going to be, or as you're going to be, as you used to, then your true friends and family, they will support you. And some, and I'm not saying you have to like, I'm cutting everybody out of my life that has ever tried to tip me with a piece of cake. No, you can just tell them. And if they're like, no, we still want you to do this, like respectfully until I get some stuff figured out. I, I, I can't do it because this is why I'm doing this. And that, you know, food is just an example that we use, but there's so many other well, and that's why like telling people about it is exactly. important to have that accountability. If you're starting something in back to, to reading, you know, Andrea and I are both on a book club um, kick right now to trying to read the same books. And so we're both like holding each other accountable. Like how many pages, what page mm-hmm. are you at? I'm at this page. I'm at this page. And so it's just talking, telling people about it helps because then you have people check right. in on you. Exactly. So, so I did want to mention, and this will probably be like one of the last things we talk about before we wrap it up it's another article from Forbes apparently that's where we get a lot of our sources I like Forbes but they must have they good have, stuff, I think so. they have <laughs> I think they have matters. good stuff it's pretty simple and broken down it's not too uh exhaustive if you will and so right. this is actually an article from just a couple I say a couple months ago nope this is literally just two weeks ago it was from it was December 31st 2021 appropriately oh and it was published at 11 16 p.m Eastern Standard Time. So just they were hitting right just at that the new one year. last Close as yeah, they could. Just that one last <laughs> last ditch effort. Like here's what you need to do. Anyway, so the title is why you should set goals, not resolutions this year. And they kind of sound the same. We're like, well, isn't that the same thing? If I want to lose 50 pounds, what's your resolution this year? Lose weight, whatever that means. But what's your goal this year to lose 50 pounds? So you set a goal and you start to that's when you start to track your progress and, you know, set little goals and right. be specific about it. Right. So anyways, so that's the first thing up is to be specific. And I'm just going to read this little excerpt. The best goals are incredibly specific with clear steps to take you from where you are now to getting the results you want to achieve. The more specific you can be when breaking down your goals, the more likely you'll accomplish them. When goals are broken down into manageable and measurable pieces, you'll be able to track your progress and stay focused. This helps to ensure you'll keep working on the goal until you accomplish it. Here's an example that's not food related. Going to college. I want to become a teacher. You don't just throw that into the universe and just kind of take random classes willy-nilly to hope that you've accumulated everything you need to become a teacher. Right. No, you have a plan. You have a degree plan. You, you know, meet with a advisor counselor I mean the advisor be like how do I achieve this goal well in this semester you need to take at least these classes the next semester this before you hit this you know you know you have everything pretty much lined out for you with some you know room for uh discretion here and there but for the most part Mm -hmm. you have a roadmap to achieve that goal we should approach everything with a plan like that type of plan honestly I can't think of anything as specific as a degree plan to get a degree but I think that's a great uh thing to look at so how are you going to get there? You know, creating a roadmap or I guess in general, a roadmap. <laughs> You're not just going to be like, I'm going to go to California. I know it's West. So I'm just going to drive West and see what happens. Right. <laughs> right. And just, you, you know what? You probably will get there if you just stay yeah. on the interstate. Right. You'll yeah, be it's fine. fine. So it's where in California you'll end up. I don't actually know, but, and California is a big state. <laughs> Maybe when you 
Maybe when you get there, you'll yeah, figure exactly. it out. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but anyway, so being very specific about the goals uh, that you set. Another example is keeping your goals someplace visible, which I would like to get into. And maybe this is something we kind of figure out this year, you know, things, tools and habits to implement into our lives that help us achieve our goals. So maybe it's a weight loss goal. Maybe it's an education goal. Maybe it's a reading goal and all this stuff. So I want to kind of gather up some tools this year. That's what I would like to do. Yeah. And even if it's something, even if it's one thing that you've figured out, if I do this, if I have this tool, if I have this specific item or mantra or whatever, then it has helped me achieve my goal of reading more or eating better or something along those lines. So I think this is a work in progress. So I think it'll be good. And I've heard that I've heard that one come up many times, keeping your goals visible, finding a place to write it down. I need to invest in a giant sticky note or something that I can just put like places up in my apartment and do that. Maybe that's a task we can do. Maybe we can figure that out and just find something, even if it's in it, even if it's something that says I will eat better this year or I will read 50 books or something like that. And we can see that and our brains are like, yes. That's, that's going to be something that we can right. do. My, um, my sister-in-law had a weight loss goal uh, about a year mm-hmm. or so ago, and she actually had this huge poster board that she put on it, like what her ultimate goal was. And then she made on the poster board, she wrote like five, you know, a lot of fives, ones, like different um, numbers. And then it was more trackable. You could actually visibly see it. Like whenever she would lose a pound, she would oh, like circle in that one, that's circle cool. in the five, you know? And so it just felt more attainable and you could actually visibly see it right. too. So that's, I, I thought that was really interesting. And I think it helped too, just because it became more visible to her. So something that you, and it was, I think she had it in her closet. Mm on the closet door. So anytime she opened her Something closet, you see every there single it was. day, which right. I will say, exactly. I know your sister-in-law and she has made yes. an incredible process, uh, process, <laughs> progress and transformation. So that had to have worked. She, I just commend her. Like I see her, her progress on Facebook. I'm like, ah, oh, you're so awesome. I want to be as awesome as you for doing this. What is wrong with me? I know. <laughs> I know it. I know it. I'm it's- right there because I, I see her weekly and I'm just like, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) Maybe we should, maybe she should be our trainer or something like that. We should like help us because she's, I don't know. I don't know if I would want her. She would be vicious. I'm sure (laughs) she is awesome. And I just think like, man, she's, she's got a lot going on and I feel like I don't have near as much going on. So she, she now listens to our podcast so we are now putting an invocation of help us please <laughs> shout out shout out smile yes uh, anyway yes. So, okay let me sorry I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up there's just a couple more actually there's one more thing see simple see this is even in this follows the same uh I'll just tell you so it says choose no more than three goals to work on at a time there's something about the number three I don't know but that makes sense you have three goals we can't overload ourselves so, and I think that goes back to a, a statistic we talked about is people setting too many goals. Why do we have to accomplish everything in one year's time? And why does it have to right. be a one-year goal? That is I'm gonna, true. I'm going to throw back to what we talked about last week. So if for some reason you, someone is just tuning in or just listening to this episode, I'm going to tell you what I talked about last week. Instead of having maybe a specific, I'm going to do this X amount of thing, my, you know, we talked about your theme is mindfulness. And my theme is no stress and happiness. So, you know, putting a feeling, it doesn't have to be a specific, 
okay, I'm not, okay. <laughs> not trying to backtrack a specific goal. If it's a specific goal of like losing X amount of weight or reading X amount of books, then yes, being specific with your steps and stuff. But it doesn't, doing something at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the month or changing something doesn't have to be accomplished in one year's time. Maybe something you can get accomplished in six months. Maybe it's going to take you two years. But the important thing is to set realistic expectations for yourself. Create a plan, a roadmap, and, you know, having someone to help you stay accountable. I think that's some that's some pretty important stuff. And don't put so much pressure on yourself. I'm sure we've talked about this before. And, you know, I, I don't, I think this can bear repeating. There's a difference between giving yourself grace because you made a mistake as a human and not giving yourself enough credit. You don't have to be overly hard on yourself and think of yourself as a failure because you know what I gave in and I, and I didn't read today or I did this, you know, give yourself some grace, allow yourself to make mistakes. But the point of letting yourself have that grace and allowing yourself to make mistakes is to actually learn from it. So if every day we say, oh, I tried, but I failed. I tried, but I failed. I tried, but I failed. And that's not going to help you either. It's just a fine line of, it's like when you're training for a marathon. If you try to run 10 miles out the gate, you're going to hurt yourself. But if you're only yeah, ever going a mile a day and not amping it up a little bit, you're never going to get to a, a marathon. It's finding that sweet spot. Anyways, yeah. that's my. <laughs> <laughs> that's your that's two, cents. two cents for the day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. Please tell somebody. And if you're on social media, follow us on TikTok and on Instagram at The Fallible Fins. And have a lovely day. We'll chat later, guys. Bye.